Welcome back to episode five of the Paper Free Class podcast. We are here with period four, our sixth grade class, and we're talking about different cultures and based on Racing in the Rain when Enzo was watching the History Channel and the Discovery Channel and learning about cultures all around the world and thinking about his own place in the world and what makes sense to him and what doesn't. And we were thinking about our place in the world and what makes sense to us and what doesn't. So who wants to talk a little bit about that? What's your place in the world? Yeah, go ahead. I feel like my place in the world is to be kind to others um, and like try to make the world a better place. That's good. How do you make the world a better place, though? What does that mean? Like, try to like, volunteer in places. Yeah, volunteering is great. That's really good. That's um, dog shelter that I went to last weekend. It's just all volunteers working there, and they're just so happy, and they're happy to be helping the animals and everything. That's, that's fantastic. Volunteering is really good. Kevin? I feel like my place in the world is just to be happy and make others happy because I feel like uh, everyone every, everyone asks the same question, what is the meaning of life? And I think it's happiness because a lot, ev- a lot of people do things in life so it'll make them happy and other people in the future. Like, if you don't enjoy doing something, chances are you're not going to be happy when you're actually comp- like uh, comp- finish it. Right, true. There's a saying that says, um, you know, do what you enjoy and you'll never work a day in your life. Like, if you wind up getting a job that you really like, it's not like you're even working. It's something that's fun for you, you know? And so that's, I think that's really good. It's kind, of, it's kind of like a video game. If you're not happy playing the video game, like, right. as you go along, chances are once you actually beat it, you're not going to be any happier. Right, exactly. Like Luigi's Mansion, I just really couldn't get into it at all. <laughs> I just kind of had to forget that. forgot about that game. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I had forgot about it. I feel that, like, my place in the world, like I stated in my do now, is, like, to be with people I love and care about. Because, like, that's what makes me happy. And, like, what Gavin said, that's, like, the meaning of life, I think. So, it's the meaning of people I love. Yeah, good. Be surrounded by people that are positive and be surrounded by people that are important to you. That's really good. All right. What about Eric? Uh, my meaning in the world is... Uh, I think I need to like make people happier, maybe make myself happier, try to be more positive about things and not look at the dark side of things. Good. Yeah, being positive and seeing the positive side of things. There's there's another saying, and I guess today's the one the saying of the expression. So you guys ever heard of the expression about the clouds and how you kinda look on the bright side of things, it has to do with clouds. A silver lining. Yeah, every cloud has a silver lining, right? Even though it's a dark storm cloud, you know, you can tell there's a, a good part to it, you know, the part where it's not going to rain or the part where the storm's going to be over. Louis, what else? Uh, Louis, you wanted to be in it today. <laughs> you volunteered. What about your place in the world? What, what? I think it's to be, it's to be happy with what you do and to try to make others other people happy. Great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's, that's what I like to do. I want to be happy with what I'm doing and, and try to make other people happy too. I hope that you guys are happy when you come here. Anything about what makes sense and what doesn't? I feel that like what makes sense in the world is that like a lot of people, like I said before, that like people are understanding each other now and like we're getting like respecting each other. But what I don't understand is how people, like, some people, like, just can't, like, can't do that, like, ever in their life. Right. Some people are just not making an effort to understand others. That's a big part of IB, too, that we make an effort to learn about other cultures 
and to, you know, we don't necessarily have to say, oh, okay, I believe what they believe, or I want to be the way they are, but we have to understand that there are different cultures out there, and by understanding them better, that helps us understand our own culture better, too. So that's a big part of IB. Anything else about what makes sense and what doesn't? Um, yeah? Um, I used to be one of those people that like don't really talk to because I was like I would just snap at them. I mean I still kind of am, but it was because I was going through like dark times. Okay. But I had to make myself happy first, and okay. then make every other. That's person. good. You're able to push yourself out of it. That's good. And sometimes we need, you know, sometimes we can help get ourselves out of something, and sometimes we also need to talk to somebody else about it too. And there's nothing wrong with that too. If you need to talk to somebody. Well, two things I don't understand about. Okay. I don't understand how phones and Wi-Fi and all that data, data stuff works. I don't either. And then, like, what I don't understand is I have a, I, one of my friends that I've been for since pre, pre-K. Uh-huh. My, um, my brother says sometimes when we argue, we, like, rub each other off. We rub stuff about each other off on each other. And my uh-huh. brother said it's so confusing on how you do it. Yeah. Like you, like your bad qualities rub off on each other, or your yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. That happens. Like you start when you're really good friends with somebody, and you start kind of acting like each other. You know, that's good. And sometimes it's good qualities, and sometimes it's bad qualities. All right, good. Anything else? I kind of want to add on to what he said. Okay. Because when you're with, when you're like, if you've known someone for a really long time, and you're just like, you're like their best friend ever, and there's that like a certain point where it's not really like. You're like good friends. It's like it's kind of like you're starting to argue eat more and more and more. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's just I feel like that because the my, the newer friends that I know, the ones that I've only known for like six months or like a year, I don't argue with them that much. Well, with the ones that I know since like kindergarten, my friends like Angel, Destinies, people like that, that I I always argue with them. I always find he, they always find a way to argue with me, and I always find out a way to argue Wait. with them. Well, Something real quick, Lewis, before we go. I think that's because like you know them more, you've been with them more. Exactly, so you're more invested in the relationship too. It's more important. All right, that's it for this class period. We'll see you in the next segment. This is period six, and we are in our second segment of the Paper Free Class podcast, episode 205, and we are talking with our eighth graders about scary stories. We read a story today in which the author, Jackie Torrance, was writing that young people should hear scary stories. They should be exposed to scary stories, and how some people argue that young people should not be hearing these scary stories and what some of the reasons are for that. What do you guys think about that? I think I can see both sides, whereas kids should and shouldn't listen to scary stories. For me, scary stories personally are the worst. Movies I can handle, but books, no, I just can't with that. It's interesting. Why do you think that is? Because it's, when you read something, you start imagining it, and your imagination kind of takes over for you. And so when you're reading a scary story, it's like you're reading, 
you get to that scary part and you're imagining it, so it's stuck in your brain. Mm. At least that's how it is for me. So your imagination is like worse than anything they can come up with in a movie or something? Yes. But in a movie, they come up with visual and audio, but with, in a book, it's just your imagination. You don't have to, when you see, when something like comes out, of, jumps out of the screen, you don't, but you, you don't re- overreact. But in a book, it's not that bad. I, overreact. I personally overreact a lot in my imagination. I like good. normal books. That's, that's cool that you have such an active imagination that it affects you that way. If kids aren't exposed to scary stories, then when they become adults, they'll be just as bad. They they won't have any tolerance to anything scary, like Christy. Okay. So it's it's, it's preparing them for the future by telling them scary stories when they're younger and getting them used to scary real-life things? Yeah, because if if they're used to it when they're kids, then when they're adults, it won't even affect them. Okay. Good. On the other hand, you can scar a child with those stories for life. But if, like, like, tell me an example of a scary story that you find inhibitable to a child. The Boogeyman, for example, right? They come out during the night, right? They, that's scary for a child. That's going to keep them awake at night thinking, oh, is it in my closet? Is it under my bed? Is it going to come out and attack me? But the point is, you have, it's just a story. You have to prove to them that it's not real. As in, if you tell them, oh, by the way, there was a mass murder yesterday, that's, no, you can't. That's, because that is real. That's like real life. Okay, yeah. but you tell a child, right, scary stories, you are someone they trust and they believe. But then you tell them it's a story. You, yes, they believe you, of course, but it's a story. You prove it to them. But they you, is, there, is there a difference between if the parent tells you about the boogeyman or if one of your friends tells you about the boogeyman? Yes, I believe there is. Because your friends are like, oh, they mess with you, they're playing around, it's not real. But when your parents tell you, it's like... It's like, it's, yeah, it's kind of... It's like it's Pretty possible. Cool. No, but even your parents can just mess with you. Or yeah. your friends. <laughs> no, that's it's true. You. That's not yeah, that's, that's no, but even your friends could be serious. It could be either way or. or. Yeah. I, that's just. My is that opinion. is that a good thing? I mean, is it one thing to you're telling a scary story about a ghost or something like that at Halloween time, or another thing that you're telling this to a, a, a young child when they're you're putting them to sleep at night? But like, how young does it? you better be. Sleep good, or the boogeyman's gonna come and, and get you. I think seven or eight is a pretty acceptable age to really okay. come out and tell them stories, but not when they're younger, like but then again, five or Everyone's six. different, though. That's Everyone, true. Like, when I was five, I used to watch scary movies, like Van Helsing and stuff like that. When, when I was that young, I was playing around in my backyard with my siblings, just messing around. Everyone's different. It's personal opinion, though. That's true. All right. Well, and believe it or not, there are actually five people sitting around the table, but <laughs> only two of them are talking. Kimberly, did you have any uh, input there to uh, a scary story to me? Nope. Nothing. <laughs> did you? Do you read scary stories? Do you watch I don't scary read movies? at all. Do you watch scary movies? Okay. Yes. Do you like scary movies? What's What's special about <laughs> scary movies that you like? I mean, I don't like the scary movies that are coming out now. Like. I like scary like movies it. from like the 70s. Oh, yeah, like those the are old good. school stuff, like, like Friday the 13th. Yeah, or Silver like. Bullet. Yeah. All right, good. Those are good. That's good. That's more old school. I like that. All right, what about you? Um, She's waiting for the bell rings. Oh. All right, the bell rings. So these other two silent partners. 
didn't get a chance to go. I was going to say something, but they kind of just already said it. You so. totally were going to jump right in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to say something, but... Oh, yeah. All right, well, well you guys have, have a good weekend, and we'll come back for one more segment after this. Yes. did our donors choose um, our donors choose is up now and that's where people can go and make donations I've picked a, a nice recorder that comes with microphones that like clip on your shirt so if we can raise money for that and then we'll be able to get that for the classroom and we can use it to be like a nice little studio recording so that's what we're trying to do our donors choose page will be linked in the podcast description for today all right, welcome. This is uh, our third segment for today's episode 205 of the Paper Free Class podcast, and we're talking with period two. And let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. I'm Mr. Hayes. Come say hi. Say your first name. I'm Jim Carlos. Okay. I'm Francis. I'm Kayla. I'm Isaiah. All right, good. And we read today Tribute to the Dog, right? And what was that about? I believe it was about... This liar from the jury, and uh, sheep owner, farm owner, shot his dog, uh-huh. and he he wanted money. Uh-huh. He needed money, and he suffered about his clients, too. Yeah? You see? Okay. He would be unfair to women. Okay. <laughs> he was being unfair to women? Why is that? Because he said gentleman of the jury instead of saying gentleman, um, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I think we might have missed some of the point. Anything else, John Carlos? John Carlos is not saying anything? He's going to keep saying John Carlos over and over again until he starts talking. Because that's going to embarrass him even more when he hears it. Um, all right, so I think we might have missed some of the point. One, the, the author of the speech was a lawyer, and he was representing a man whose dog got shot, right? Okay. So his dog was shot by a farmer. It's probably like the dog was running around chasing his sheep or something like that, I don't know the whole story. But the farmer shot his dog and so the man said, hey, I'm gonna sue you and I wanna get some money for my dog because you hurt my dog or killed my dog or whatever happened. So the lawyer made an argument that a dog is a man's best friend and, and therefore you should give my, award my client money because he lost his best friend in the whole world. Now, how did he start off his speech to, to set, how did he lay the foundation to show that a dog is a man's best friend? What did he start off by saying? He said that um, his friends can betray you at any moment, even his children. Mm -hmm. And then later on, he said that his dog would never betray you, even in death. Okay, good. Yeah, so no matter, you know, people can turn on you, you can lose your money, you can lose your fortune, and then you might have all these friends, and all of a sudden one day you look around and say, where's all my friends? And they all turned on you, they all left. Um, but his point that he gets back to is that the dog is going to be faithful, the dog's going to be there with you always. Alright, now, when he started off the, the speech, this was his closing argument, he said, gentlemen of the jury. And some of you were saying that he was being unfair to women 
by saying, by ignoring them and not saying ladies and gentlemen of the jury. That's not quite right. Why did he say gentlemen of the jury? Because he might be, he might not like women. No, no, no. It's not quite right. Or to get their attention. Well, first of all, saying gentlemen of the jury, that's getting their attention, right? Were there any ladies on the jury? No. No, there we go. Why not? Because they were unfair to women and they couldn't have as many jobs. Okay, so back in those days, this was in the 1800s, there would not have been women on a jury. There would not have been, you know, women would not have been able to have, do a lot of things, right? Like voting and so forth. All right, so what did we learn about, you know, our culture today compared to our culture back then? We changed a lot. Right. Back then we were mean to women, but now we get married to them, and then death has has to do a part. Okay, till so death do us part. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but we got married to women back then too. You know, we we're still able to get married, but the role of women in society was very different. All right, Francis. What were some rights that women didn't have back then that they have now? Like they couldn't wear clothes that showed. Skin. Okay, and then and women had to, you know, like wear modest clothing, and and they had to. They, were they allowed to even wear like pants? No, no, no. they had to wear dresses. Yeah. yeah, they had to wear dresses. Could they vote? No, no, couldn't vote. All right, so, you know, it's come a long way in our society that we, women and men have become more equal, if not totally equal, but much more equal now. Um, but there's other societies in the world, other cultures in the world today, where women don't have those rights at all either. Um, so what did you think about his speech about the dog? Do you believe that, that a dog is going to be your best friend and that people yes. could turn on you? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Do you guys, in, in what way? I mean, not with my dog. Definitely not. But my cousin, she told me once that when she was little, she used to talk with her dog, uh-huh. and and every time she says her name, he comes running. Nice. It's really cute. So he's really responsive to her. Yeah. yeah. About your dog, your your personal dog. Um, my. Is he your best friend? My Yorkie. Yeah, he's hyper like me. He acts a lot like me. Uh huh. He jumps everywhere. I chase him. He barks. Yeah. He makes loud noises. It's fun. Do you think your 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 dog would ever betray you? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yorkies are a little shifty. I don't know. Uh, they're a little sneaky. Uh, do you believe that what he said though, what the lawyer said, that your friends, your family, and everybody could turn on you? Yes. You're shaking your head. We can't hear that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Why do you think that? Because you can't trust everyone. Okay. You, you can't, can't trust everyone? What does that mean? That even if they seem nice, they can be like, they can steal your bike if you tell them to watch it for to watch it for a second. Okay, so if you see some random person on the street and you're like, hey, can you watch my bike for a second? They might steal it, right? Yeah. All right, good. All right, well, we'll talk again soon. And you guys have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in. Bye.